did Fritz Lang ever put a big cock in his movie? <laughs> and if he did, his wife was feminist. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Movie Chef podcast where we make a meal out of movies. With me again is my trusty... Are you a sidekick? Are you a partner in crime? What, how, have, we, have we ranked you yet? Uh, conscientious objector? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I see you more I, as my I, sidekick. I, well, you know, that's... Uh... <laughs> It's not, not that nice, like. I can see you as a Robin. Nightwing? Okay. No, 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 no. I'm talking. <laughs> I'm B- Burt yep. Ward Robin. Good old Dick. Nightwing. Nightwing Dick. Are you gonna, are you gonna ask me if there's any news? Paul. Yeah? <laughs> Is there any news? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, there is actually a <laughs> So what have they got on the Empire website there? <laughs> Here we are, every week bringing you the news that matters. From... No, it's not the Empire website. Right, our sources, our sources tell us that Avatar 2 is going to be shooting again in New Zealand. Do you know they're making five of these? <laughs> Bobby Cameron. <laughs> Jim's brother that has a heroin addiction, <laughs> but he stays up to date with all the podcasts. <laughs> he just <laughs> maybe he well, maybe Bobby Cam Bobby Cameron's the Australian guy. <laughs> he got sent to live in Australia after yeah. years of neglect <laughs> from his family. Are you bothered? Are you bothered for Avatar? Um, in space. I uh, Avatar is one. Uh, it's one of those movies that just passed me by. You know, uh, you know, everybody kind of forgets that it's just Fern Gully. You know, that, that's all it is. It's just Fern Gully. Yes. That's it. That's it. Dances with Wolves. It's, it, it, yeah, it was fantastic. I don't, I don't see why we need another four of these, but then again, we're, we're going to be talking about it. There's another four? Yeah, yeah, two, three, four, and five, I believe, are due for... Uh, Due for release over the next decade. But what? I, I don't understand. Okay, so come on. When they make one film, they make a sequel. Oh, don't, don't dare, don't dare. <laughs> Do you understand what patronising means? Don't sass me, boy. <laughs> Would you like me to explain it to you? <laughs> okay. So the first, the first movie, they find the what? What, what did they call it? Obsubstanium. Unobtainium. Unobtainium. And yeah, they were, dig- they were digging for it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the the Awa Awa and the Navi were in the planet. Um, let's have a look. James Cameron. I'm using uh, Hollywood sources. This is IMDb. It would have been would have been good to have done this. It would have been actually. Wouldn't like, it? You know, you've got to think. Would it have been an idea to have prepared this in advance? And you know what? Yes, yes would have done. Sam Worthington currently has Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5 due for release in 21 to 27 every other year. So there's another 4 being made at the moment. 
Uh, yeah, I think it's got it's going overboard to be honest. I don't, I don't get it. But anyway, it might be surprising. Did you see the um, Tenet trailer that was released? Uh, I haven't watched it, but I heard the the, the outcry of the the Fortnite announcement. Permission to outcry. Ah, uh, well, it's a um, fucking disgrace. But why? It is, does it, it, does it, it really matter? Does it really care? Yes, it does really matter. All right. Why? Because why? Why does why does it matter? Because you're releasing a new trailer for a film. Where are you going to advertise it to? Are we going to advertise it to the people who are going to be watching this? No. It, the majority of people who play Fortnite are not going to be watching that trailer. Why do I have to download a game and play that game to be able to see a trailer first? Why did they do the, 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 can, the same you, you thing? Can, you can wait, I know, but you can wait the, the five minutes and, and just watch it on <laughs> any number of platforms. <laughs> but that's not the point, Cormac. That's so not the point. I thought to the best analogy I've got is the releasing a new brand of corn and the releasing it in a butcher shop. No, nobody's there no. playing Fortnite. No. Yes, nobody's playing Fortnite to watch game trailers. Nobody's playing Fortnite to hear the release of the Rise of the Star Wars new crap. It's just, I, 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 I hate it. I absolutely hate it. You just I, don't. I, I, it doesn't really mean anything, man. You're making me think that I don't even want to run down the, any more of the news from it. No, no, come on. I depend on the news. <laughs> I go, I go back into the house and regale the family with oh, balls. News on a Sunday night. Gather round, children. Daddy <laughs> has balls. Movie news from Empire.com. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Jesus Christ, you're gonna kill me. <laughs> but it would be like off right. <laughs> we mentioned, we mentioned last week. David Ayer, the David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad, and people oh, would start God. asking for it. Have you heard the news? Have, have people started asking for it? <laughs> people have started asking for the David I, Ayer cut of Suicide Squad. Well, what's, what's going to happen when everybody realises that all these, I don't even know what to call it, remake, refit, redo, re, a mulligan, you know, a mulligan movie? Is it going to be yeah. called Suicide Squad Mulligan? You know, what's... What, right. Basically, he's tweeted out today that there is a cut that only needs a few special effects finished. And that's his version of the movie. And the studio kept blocking him and blocking him. And we mentioned last week, it's going to keep happening. It's going to keep happening. They'll, but next yeah. time, and I joked on Twitter, but, it, you know, who's next going to be asking for a part to be recut from a 1970s movie that had a paedophile in it? So, you know, there's going to be something where they're going to start saying, I mean, Joker, I'm surprised that that's going along with the Gary Glitter music. I'm surprised they're not pulling all copies of that and having that recut. But I can't think of another time where studios are so under the thumb of fans and they're going to end up just un- basically having to re-release every single film. What about Game of Thrones next? People hate the last series of Game of Thrones. So maybe they're going to start wanting that remade. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, like, my my whole point of it is, right, every movie could go through this. They, they could, And what are they going to do when Zack Snyder's Justice League is, is total shit 
Like, are they going to then go, oh, but wait, the cinematographer had had another cut. He's got another 10 minutes that would change the entire aspect of the movie. You know, it's not, I, I don't yeah. think anything that they're going to add in is going to change it. They'll probably change stylistic aspects. You know, they'll probably change, you know, bits and pieces. But realistically, how much of the movie can they change? Apparently, with the David Eckert Suicide Squad, the um, the arc of the villain is different. There's a different villain. Um, the Joker has considerable more time, and uh, doesn't get written out of the film at that at the point we see him at in the in the film. There's a lot different, apparently. And he says it's, there was a lot of additional research, but the differences between Justice League and this Justice League has had three years of fun barraging, bullying, campaigning, whatever you want to call it. And this David Aircut, he's pushing for it. He wants it released. But the of Suicide course he Squad, is. But, but A, you are not going to release a new cut of Suicide Squad in the same year that James Gunn's The Suicide Squad gets released. And B, you're not going to re-release it when the original film was extremely profitable and Oscar-winning. It was a success. <laughs> film was a success, why would they release yeah. it and undermine the other film that they're bringing out that they want to make money? That's a big in asterisk though, isn't it? You know, it was successful. You know, it was successful. It was profitable. Yeah. And it won an Oscar. But, right, do you think anybody is putting that at the top of their fucking CV though? But I bet they are. I can guarantee it, nobody is. I think Margot Robbie's gonna go back and go off oh, fucking hell. I, I I love the fact that I was Harley Quinn. Yeah, because it got a Birds of Prey, which was a Harley, Harley Quinn. That means, that means nothing. She was in fucking Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> yes, she was. Yeah, yeah okay. Paul, <laughs> sexual awakening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of late, my late twenties. <laughs> hey, whatever. <laughs> Anything else in news? Nope, Empire's film. Empire's film, yeah. Empire's Empire's buffering. Hold on. I'm going to second back Commode just doing his movie review. I'm just going to release it. What else have we got? No, we're we're pretty light on uh, on movie news. Star Wars. Nothing. So, hold on. Two two seconds. Sorry. Can we just go back to the David Air thing for just two seconds, right? Go on. So, he... Did he have any input into Birds of Prey? Like, was he a director no. of Birds of Prey or no? Not so he was. He was. Why? Why was he sacked off it? Why? Why? He wasn't. He, he wasn't was directing. He was directing Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. And while that was being made, there were a lot of things. And he said on Twitter, and he's very open about it on Twitter. Have you? You've seen it. Um, the entire arc with Diablo killing his family then becoming the demon etc that was David Ayer's arc and he said that is one of the only things that he fought for and got to keep there was more Will Smith put into it there was more Margot Robbie it was dialed up it was re-edited the entire film was re-edited by a a company that makes trailers for for films so they specialise in wham bam editing and they took over the whole project. It, it, right, the whole, okay. There's a whole load of Joker stuff. You've seen the image of the Joker with the burnt half of the face in the tuxedo. Yeah, yeah. That's never in the film. That was filmed. But that, that happens. That happens. 
in movies. I remember Batman Forever. I I I was so excited to go see Batman Forever because of one thing that I seen in the video for U2's Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, and it was Tommy Lee Jones in the helicopter <laughs> and shouting down, "If the bat wants to play, we'll play." And I was like, "Oh, that's yeah, super think... duper cool." Watch the movie. Wasn't in it. Nah, nah. I remember that from the trailer. Nah. Yeah. But this is a difference between a few scenes. This was the Joker coming back. And spoiler alert for a film that you're probably never going to see. This was the Joker coming back and apparently made a, de- a deal with Enchantress to save somebody's life. And I, to be honest, I don't read it just in case it ever does come out. So I want it to be kind of a surprise. But I'd never read it properly. But the Joker was involved in the final action sequence and he'd made a deal to become immortal or some shit and there was a lot more going on that apparently he was frozen out of because they wanted a different type of film to what Batman versus Superman was so I I get why there's arguments for it I just think if you start doing that the next ones I want are the Lord and Miller cut of Solo because they were (laughs) sacked they were sacked three weeks before filming ended and they must have had uh, near enough They'd have had a Snyder cut of Solo ready. An assembly cut. They must have had one ready. And that must exist somewhere. That'll oh, be the next one people want. Mon cher mademoiselle, it is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we proudly present your dinner. It is going to be slightly different this week. Sometimes we've been having it where the guest and myself, or the sidekick and myself, serve up their own menu. (laughs) See what I have to work with. Where we serve up a menu, and we look at each course individually, and we serve up films to those. This week, because it is Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Austrian oak, the piece of iron that he is uh, we have served one up together me and Cormac both love the same we, when we were talking about this pretty much our same menus came back almost identical didn't they? I think it was one one movie that we didn't agree on not that we didn't agree on it but we just didn't choose it and then whilst we were talking during the week both of us realised that we should have chosen um, the last action hero yeah, that's <laughs> so, so let's we're gonna put uh, we're gonna serve you up our starter. So our starter is Running Man, the Running Man, the nineteen eighty seven, seminal, futuristic, dystopian action adventure. Um, this just ticked all my boxes. I've been watching this all yep. my life. I feel, mm-hmm. and and one of the reasons I was coming up with these films, you know what? There's probably going to be better films out there than what. We suggest there probably is better Arnie films. We're talking about films that are Arnie films. These are the ones that have, you know, if you think of a typical Arnold Schwarzenegger film, I don't want to talk about, it'd be easy to lay into Around the World in 80 Days, the Steve Coogan film, just because Schwarzenegger shows up. That's not his movie. So we're going to be talking about his movie. The Running Man, what have you got? Any sexual awakenings in this one? Oh, well, Matt, yes. There was a man. I'm dynamo. I'm dynamo. I'm dynamo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a, a fireball guy, you know. <laughs> I can't believe Jim, the first Jim one. Jim Brown came up wets with my the, whistle. <laughs> Jim Brown wets everybody's whistle. I can't believe the first one I came up was the rapist, but whatever. Okay, so, um, so can I just you... add that that confused me a lot when I was younger uh, because I must have like closed my eyes. 
uh, like at the when Dynamo was was being you know oh. attacked right in, in the car because I genuinely thought he was dead and then I genuinely thought you know when the end of the movie happens and he comes back and he tries to <laughs> he tries to rape the girl in the hallway I thought jeez oh, how's how's he back because already <laughs> killed him this guy's immortal what's going on and then I had to watch it again he, he didn't kill him <laughs> I was like oh. Oh, so this that. this is um, this is the story of Ben Richards who is falsely uh the falsely butcher of Bakersfield. Let's call the him by but- his real name. He's the butcher of Bakersfield. The butcher of Bakersfield. And through fake news and mainstream media, he uh-huh. is vilified, um sent to prison for a crime he didn't commit. All he wanted to do was feed those people. And he was entered into Oh I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say a word right now. I'm gonna say a word for you right now. From uh, movie class days, it's called a bit of juxtaposition. <laughs> Would you juxtapose Running Man um, with today's current climate of news, fake news, and, and things like that? Uh, well, I think it's French New Wave cinema we should really be analysing here, as it's uh, Truffaut that was asked. Yeah, there's a ju- <laughs> there's definitely a comparison there, but it was Stephen King, Richard Bachman, uh, the pen name of Stephen King, that wrote this. And I again, I never figured that out. I never realised that. I was, I always thought Stephen King wrote these uh, horrors about scary dogs and cars that come to life. So I didn't know. I was, See, I was surprised. Stephen, Stephen King, Stephen King, and Philip K. Dick are a lot like each other because they write a lot. Like Stephen King, I think uh, there was a, an article a few years back, and George R. R. Martin was kind of laughing at the fact that it takes him so long to write books. And in in the the space between the fourth and fifth Game of Thrones book, I think Stephen King had wrote like fourteen novels, thirteen novellas, <laughs> and all these poems. And it was just like, Jesus Christ, George, you are a lazy fucker. Like, <laughs> have you seen the Family Guy skit with uh, Stephen King? Where they say he's in his publisher's office and he's staring at Stephen King and he and he sat down and he goes, uh, this one is about a haunted and he looks on the desk and goes, Lump <laughs> and he starts shaking it in his face going, Woo and the publisher just looks at him dead eyed and just goes, When can I have the pages? <laughs> <laughs> but Stephen King wrote like a lot of stuff that you wouldn't think of. Stand no. by me, he wrote Stand by Me as well. Stand, stand by me. Uh, I didn't yeah. yeah, I didn't but this was I mean, this film is, I'm going to say this about all these, as an art, there was that period of sort of futuristic action where mm-hmm. it was like this Total Recall, which we're going to come on to, where it was kind of like the future just looks... 80s. 80s. I'm trying to find the right word. It's like, what does it look like? I don't think we know. I was thinking cardboard box sort of panels and polystyrene. Yeah, it, but it's real. And it was, was it Total Recall was one of the, no, no, sorry, excuse me, it was, there was a film just before it where it was one of the last films to um, keep using sort of practical effects and and real. I was, Total, Total Recall was kind of the first one that kind of issued in the, the digital effects kind of age. Yeah, yeah. But it, and up to a point it was still using the practical effects and the, pra- and Running Man for me, it was, we were talking earlier and I'm going to say this one now because this, this covers quite a lot of handy films. This was, um, a news bulletin movie. It was a movie yeah. that was. So you remember back, and we, me and you, have a, a certain vintage. We're closer to forty than thirty. Let's put it that way. And growing up in high school in the nineties, ITV in the UK used to put these films on. They'd put on Total Recall, Running Man, uh, RoboCop, Die Hard, and you'd get to watch the first hour till ten o'clock. 
Then the news would come on, and then it'd be the local news, then it'd be the weather, then it'd be the local weather, then it's the weather where you are, then it's back some more. And by that time, it's about 11 o'clock, and you're being beaten up and told to go to bed. So there was a lot of these films around and, the time. And we all know that the second half always has the titties. <laughs> the second half. The second half. Always has the titties. They up the F count. The the oh, gore yeah. comes out, and I, I must admit I've noticed that a lot in the first hour. But <laughs> and <laughs> not not with the titties coming out. I just read the. <laughs> oh, I noticed <laughs> all the titties, every single one of them. How many titties were in that film? Seventy-seven. But God, so what? Have, I mean, what have you got on this? I'm talking away. Here. Come on, I, I love the film just um, so much. Um, you do. You see, The Running Man, I know a lot about it, just simply because I, I absolutely love it. Do you know who directed it? Yes, I do. Go on. You go. David Starsky. <laughs> David Starsky. Absolutely. And, did you know that there was another director before him? No. Right. So, as the story goes... <clears throat> was it Hutch? No, it wasn't Hutch. No, it wasn't. He, was, he had a singing career, didn't he? Was, was, it, Snoop, <laughs> was it Snoop Dogg as Huggy Bear? It wasn't Snoop Dogg, no. The, so the original director was sacked after after two weeks because he was one week behind. Jesus now, Christ! <laughs> now, and, and, and one of the things, one of the things that was the deal breaker was he had shot two scenes. So he shot um, some of the scenes where they had just come out of the shoot and the guys were driving around in the motorbikes and stuff, and they yeah. were getting them out of the, the seats and everything, and the fight with I can't remember the first Sub-Zero Sub-Zero yeah the first fight yeah. was Sub-Zero so the director wanted Arnie to pick up one of the pucks and put it in his pocket you know the exploding pucks yeah so at and the end of the movie yeah so at the end of the movie when he is um, breaking into to the game show breaking into Killian he would yeah. take the puck the puck out of his pocket and he would Bucket at some guy, and he and he would blow up, right? right? When the producers seen this, they said, "Hold on, that would mean then that that puck was in Arnie's pocket the whole time." So the two guys who died with him, you know, didn't deserve to get helped out with that puck. But you're gonna, you know, show that you're selfish yeah. at the end to try and protect yourself, and that was the basically the nail in his coffin. And after two weeks, they sacked him. I just love the fact that it was a week behind after two weeks. <laughs> yeah, two weeks, like that's fucking insane. But like one one of the things, obviously as well, um, that I noticed, and I was sitting thinking to myself, Arnie, Arnie around this time was was prolific. You know, there was there was oh, yeah. so much stuff coming out, and I thought to myself, you know what, I'm just going to write down, you know, the movies. So. This is a small breakdown of the movies. These are some of the... the I'm going to go to the last one that we have on the list, which is True Lies, which we're going to talk about later. Yep. But from 1982 until 1994, Conan, Conan the Destroyer, Terminator, Red Sonja, Commando, Raw Deal, Predator, Running Man, Red Heat, Twins, Total Recall, Kindergarten Cop, T2, uh, Last Action Hero, True Lies... That's 15 movies in 12 years. And I'm not saying the masterpieces in there, but they are all solid, oh, solid films. Classics. Classics, yeah. I would a say. Masterpieces. A lot of them are classic. Yeah. Yeah. And for, for me, you know, Running Man is, is just right up there. You know, it's got everything. Um, you know. What's your, what's your favorite one, kill? What's your favorite well, kill? See, 
what I wrote down, right, and I've got a I've got a wee in games in wee quiz for you in here. I won't say right. this one then. One for the end. I've got one for now. Right. All right. Go. So, Arnie at the end says, "I'll be back." Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. So how many times is that referenced in Arnie movies? And how many movies? And how many of Arnie's movies? Right. Is that is that referenced? No, it doesn't have to be. I'll be back. Doesn't he? Doesn't have to say that yeah, yeah. specifically. It, it, she'll, a reference she'll be to back. It. We'll be back. She'll yeah. be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When are we talking up until? Uh, recent, recent. All Arnie movies. How many times has that been referenced since Terminator? That was the first time it was referenced. Terminator was the first I'm one. I'm gonna used. go twenty twenty-five. Okay, no lower. Seventeen. Really? All right. Okay. Uh-huh. I was, I was and, speed a bit. Yeah. Uh, and of those 17 times, how many times has Arnie specifically said, I'll be back? I'm, uh, 10. Less than half. No. That's you're, more very, than half. you're very close. You're very half. close. Half. Half. <laughs> it's eight. Half. Eight, eight. times. <laughs> eight, time. <laughs> eight times he has specifically said, I'll be back. Didn't he have it copyrighted at one point? Or didn't he have like a Slavista be a bit copyrighted or something? There was, I'm sure it was and something else. Trying to copyright everything. Was it Paris Hilton tried to copyright? That's hot. And then Posh got in fucking trouble with with Peterborough United, and remember as well because she tried to to copyright Posh, and Peterborough are known as the Posh. Yeah. And then and she didn't really realise that oh, Peterborough United have been around a bit longer <laughs> than fucking Spice Girls. <laughs> and what about um? I'll tell you one thing I did notice from this uh, Total Recall. <laughs> what, and what, it, a, six, a six foot eight Austrian man could walk around <laughs> in Bugbeater. <laughs> and, and he has a taste for his uh, his um, female partner in the movies, doesn't he? They, they always seem to be shorter Latino. Careful. Uh, no, no, I'm being... <laughs> I know it's look total recall. Um, oh, Maria Conchita Conchita Alonso. That's Predator, your total recall. Predator Commando Running Man. There's always you know. There's... But I, I know. But you put that down to the fact that Arnie isn't believable as the all American hero. So a lot of Arnie's a lot of Ar- <laughs> so a lot he's, of Arnie movies. He's American as pizza, damn it. <laughs> are set away from America. You know, not all of them, but a lot of them are set away from America. So the likelihood of you know white Karen with her blonde hair, blue eyes <laughs> being in you know the the jungles of you know whatever predators <laughs> less likely than an indigenous female being there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> See logic, logic. But okay, Total Recall. All I'm it's saying is, the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> not at the start, it wasn't. Anyway, fuck, we're not doing Total Recall. Running Man. It was Bang at Sandstone. You never answered. Oh, was he? No, we'll come on to this. He's <laughs> whiter than my fucking washing machine. And <laughs> <laughs> dirty as well. <laughs> but anyway, right. Running Man. Come on, what was your favourite kill? Favorite, who's your f- um, favorite kill? I can't. Uh, 
I did enjoy Sub Zero's death. Yeah, that was because then yeah. it got the great line, you know, just plain zero. Oh, that's terrible, man! No, but it was a great it's fight. Like it came, it's like it came up at the top of his head, man. Uh, <laughs> plain zero. Here's Sub Zero now. Uh, <laughs> warm zero no because he's cold because he's dead you can picture Arnie behind going this joke kills <laughs> that is a terrific joke that joke kills keep it in <laughs> keep it fucking in keep it in Starsky keep it there <laughs> why does he keep calling this Starsky <laughs> but yeah, and um, obviously a lot of his mates in as well. Who's the? Oh, you've probably got this. Is it Sven? Sven? Who's Arnold's mate that keeps security guard? Excuse me. The Swedish security guard. Yeah, he was. He was in this. Is the guy with the beard? Swedish uh-huh. guy. He's mates with Arnie, so he was in Running Man. Jesse Ventura. So I noticed awful lot of his mates, and there was one other person in this that I've noticed from another film before. Our, well, our job was Sub Zero, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the guy our played. Jim Brown was Fireball. Jim Brown. Uh, yep. Dy- Dynamo was, you know, <laughs> guy. Um, <laughs> Buzzsaw. Buzz, I, I don't know if was Buzzsaw. Was he famous? I don't. I don't think it was. No, no, it was Jim Brown that I was thinking of. He was in. Um, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. But there's, again, so many faces that were showing up. And now, again, you watch this back. What about, what, about, sorry, what about this? What about Mick Fleetwood playing Mick Fleetwood? That was it. Sorry. Yeah, that was it. Playing Mick Fleetwood. Yeah. <laughs> In just That's a futuristic weird. rebellion. Yeah. Well, it's, it was kind of like, well, you know, when he came in, when they first met Arnie the first time around, he, he complained about, you know, the government destroying his music. And then, you know, Dweezil Zappa, uh, the, the young kid, Frank Zappa's son, you know, his name was Stevie. Ste- right. his, his name was Stevie. Stevie Nicks, Fleetwood Mac. Right, okay. Yeah, that was that was weird. That was that was kind of weird. Like I didn't know that, but I, I did know the Mick Fleetwood bit. I didn't know that, but I looked that bit up. How did Mick Fleetwood even end up in the Running Man? How do, how do things like that happen? It's like Rihanna ended up in Battleship. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I will say, they got the fucking makeup bang on because Mick Fleetwood looks like that now. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, like he looks like that now. He's the uh, that was him. Uh, Yafet Koto. Um, he played um, William Lothlin. He was one of the. Oh yeah, the black guy. Yeah, he played Katanga in uh, yeah. Bond. He was the one. He was the one that I was thinking of there. But yeah, Jesse Ventura in there. Uh, Mick Fleetwood. I didn't know Frank so much. Richard Dawson. Yep, Spencer Thorson. Um. This is a great... Oh, Kurt Fuller. He was one of those... You know when you did your thing the other day on the, um, you know, whatever happened. We did an episode with whatever happened to Joey Kramer and whatever happened to uh-huh. Jennifer Grey. Kurt Fuller. Do you know him? No. See, he was one of those that I remember. Him. He was in Wayne's World and he was in this, you know, like the um, the assistant to the pro- TV producer. He was like the yes. sort of sick Oh, yes, yes, yes. And yes. he was in Wayne's he was, World. He, I, he was the TV... Um... Executive guy. Yeah, really and he was like in small part. Yeah, yeah, and he was in Wayne's World as well, pretty much playing the exact same part of TV executive. I was going to say yeah. whatever happened to him, and I looked at him on IMDb. Saved you the hassle. He's done quite a lot since then. Brilliant. <laughs> I just haven't seen I'm him. Happy. 
It's like again, I was watching I was watching TV today and Godzilla was on and uh Matthew Broderick looked happy and I was like, Oh <laughs> Well good done, Matt. Good, 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 good for you. Yeah. Given dinosaurs pregnancy tests. Good for you. Well done. And the co pilot had fish. What did the navigator have? He had fish. All right. Now we know what we're up against. This is usually reserved for a couple of things. Either something uh, aquatic, obviously fish, cod, whales, sharks, however you want to take it. Or it could be something that stinks. This could be something that is not, doesn't look that great on the CV that we mentioned, uh, that we mentioned before. Now, Arnie for me, I will not look at an Arnie film and say that stinks. Because I, I honestly don't believe it. But there is one. <laughs> There is one that uh, that sticks out that we've got to talk about. But, well, you know, I, I even feel difficult even talking about it simply simply because, you know, it, he was young. It was his first movie. Yep. It was, you know what? We're, of course, terrible. <laughs> we're, of course, talking about Hercules in New York. And, um, oh, do we you have know what? to? You know what? I'm, I'm going to stick up for Annie. I'm, I'm going to, yeah. It, I've got it. First note I wrote down, this is not his fault. <laughs> this is not. No, no. The one thing, the one thing that Arnold Schwarzenegger movies has taught me is that Arnie would take the blame for this. He would very much take the blame for this. And do you know what? I will say a positive. I will say a positive out of this, right? I have watched both of the movies. So I've watched the one which is dubbed and I've watched the one which is not dubbed. And the one which is not dubbed yeah. Is a lot more tolerable now, not by much, but is a lot more tolerable than the one that is dubbed. I've only got the one on the DVD. I on the DVD of this, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you sad bastard. I've um. Sorry, I've. <laughs> it's just me. It's just me in a bare room. With a chair, a DVD <laughs> player, and one copy Mast of Hercules in the Early Arnie movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Masturbating until it looks like a oh, dog. Oh, I thought Oh, I thought this was porn. It's really Hercules in New York. It's just gonna take me ages to climax. <laughs> <laughs> but not impossible. Um, Nothing is impossible. This is this film, 1970s. Is 50 years old. This film. It is very much of its time. I, you know, the thing that really pisses me off about this film, it's an old movie, it's a badly made movie, it's badly acted. It's I prefer, <laughs> I prefer seeing the DVD version, which is, like you say, his actual voice, because I prefer to see it in his voice. I prefer to listen to it. I, you know what? Here's a, here's a star for trying. Well done, son. You know, at least you put in the effort. Now, giving him, um, <laughs> Uh, giving him lines such as I cannot in all my good conscience abide by this I think it's a very <laughs> very difficult thing to try and give to a, a thick Austrian accent what it, it just reminds but it reminds me of like early late 60s early 70s student movies like you know yeah. that kind of airy fair it's the age of Aquarius <laughs> yeah, especially. Of a, you know that kind of shit and you know if it was good and it made sense and, you know, you, you got the feeling that the people around him were trying their best. 
You know, they they were trying, you know, but the script was shit. You know, how can you act against a wooden plank who is has learned English phonetically? You know, when you, you just can't do it. He's, you know what, the thing that annoyed the film for me, though, it was examples of his strength from the from throwing the discus and the the big pl- plank of wood at the beginning with the guys on the dock <laughs> uh, to fight in a bear, which we'll come on to. And we don't really need to. <laughs> no, no, we will. But... Uh, there's only one point where why we're we watching a guy who is really strong and really powerful do fake acts of strength. Even the barbells at the end with his <laughs> paws off against some Can we all can we all just be really, really honest here? Right? Let's let's all just put on the honesty hat, alright? We all just wanted to see his cock. <laughs> That's all we wanted to see. I just, if, at, sitting at this movie, right, out of 10, I would give it a 0.4. If Arnie got his cock out, instantly 5 out of 10. It's an instant 5 out of 10. Has there been many other videos where he's got his cock out? Well, this was his first. Wasn't Stallone's first movie a porno? I think it was the Italian, the yeah. Stallion something Italian or other. Stallion, yeah. Well, maybe not a porno, but a softcore porno. Like, I don't think he got his wanker out, like, or anything. But, you know, I, I, I think would, he had a stunt uh, cock. I think he had a stunt <laughs> cock. <laughs> was it Frank Stallone? <laughs> do you know, have, have you ever seen music? <laughs> do you know, do you want to know two, the only two times I've ever seen a man fight a bear? I thought Once. you were going to say only two times I've seen a cock. <laughs> <laughs> I own and my father's. <laughs> no! Including your own, Paul? No, three times. Three times. <laughs> Church. And there was, basically, there was this time in 1970, I mean, fighting the guy in a bear suit. I, I'm not saying that show us your test of strength by fighting a real bear, but it reminded me of a time, because I'm, I'm a big wrestling fan, and I went to a show in Hull back in February. Was it February? No, it was before Christmas. And there's a guy, there was a wrestler called Chuck Wood. Guess what he does for a living? If this, if this, if this doesn't end with him fighting a bear, Paul, I am going to be very upset. Chuck Wood, who is a lumberjack. Chuck Wood? Chuck Wood, <laughs> okay. chopped wood, and he gets wood in the ring. He gets his lump of wood. Like my dad, my dad, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> and what, at one time at this wrestling show, Rory Coyle, he comes out and he says, I've... I've got an opponent. I've got a opponent for you. I know you're terrified of Chuck. He comes backstage, comes out with a guy with a bear suit and a thick Northern Irish accent. He goes, "That's right. I brought a bear to a fucking wrestling match." <laughs> Chuck Wood goes running over, jumps over the ring, runs away from the bear. Apparently, he, he had a fight with the bear in the following wrestling the wrestling event that I never went to. But there's a little story about a seen a man what, fighting what, a bear. What part of Northern Ireland was he from, Paul? Uh, I brought a bear. Hey. I brought the bear with me shillelagh across. Across the big ocean for you. And we're all eight. What's the, what's the name of those stories? White bears. <laughs> oh, me thought. What's the name of those uh, shops? What are they called? Finnegan's or whatever. What are they called? Those uh, tourist tat shops in Belfast. Oh. You know, they sell everything green and orange. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Green and orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but it, maybe wow. not those colors. There, <laughs> <laughs> there are also red, white, 
No, okay, let's not go there. So, <laughs> so look, um, so you'd give it a low mark because you don't see his cock. Did you know the original title of this was supposed to be Hercules Goes Bananas? No, it wasn't. <laughs> According to IMDb. According to my sources. According to my Hollywood sources. Empire News. Empire.com and IMDb. Apparently, was, the original title was supposed to be Hercules Goes and um, do you know how he got the parts, Arnie? Did he, he show his car? He showed his car. He, um, his agent, when he said, when they said uh, we're looking for a big man to be Hercules, he said, yep, yeah, my guy's got years of stage experience. When he got there on the first day, what they didn't happen to tell him was the stage. He was just posing in bodybuilding competitions. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. The guy's a multi-millionaire now. Fantastic. But, but, but do you know what? They got it fucking right. He, that guy was bang on. He was bang oh, on about sports oh. Like, you know, yeah. ah, yes, he was cra- He was crafted. You know, he was 100% crafted to be a movie star. But fuck me, what a movie star. But you know what, they, they, Hercules in New York was very much like the Terminator. Now, <laughs> 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 oh, let me explain. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm interested. I'm strapping in here. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you just mentioned I'm that in terms of glass of wine and I'm just going to sit here let's <laughs> sit here and eat, eat him dig his own go on what I'm saying is <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is in terms of it was a bad movie and the Terminator was a good movie I'm not saying that, that comparison but what? to find <laughs> so <it's like> that. <laughs> in terms of finding an actor who's right for that part and Arnie falls on your lap. To find an actor who is right for that part at that time, and he yeah. falls on your lap. Now, Hercules probably wasn't... It was an independent film, wasn't it? That, I've read, again, IMDb, Hollywood sources tell us that uh, apparently the original print ended up on eBay uh, within the last 20 years, and apparently somebody has bought the original print and owned the rights to Hercules in New York, even though it's gone out of print. So somebody paid about two hundred. It's, it's on fucking Amazon Prime. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need the original print. Just seven nine nine. It's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> or, um, or you could just not watch it because it's total shit. The film is shit. Arnie's great in it. No, he's not. That's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't speak fucking English, Paul. <laughs> it is not a good movie. He was not good in it. The. the... Hmm. This is a tasty burger. Up to now, we've agreed then that uh, The Running Man is a great introduction to Arnie films. If someone says to us, I've never seen an Arnie film before, we would serve up a starter to a fantastic menu of The Running Man. And then a fish course. I think somebody's got to take the rough with the smooth. You've got to break a few eggs to make an omelette, and I think the Hercules in New York. It's correct. It, it's, it, have a few beers, sit around with a few mates, and you'll laugh your cocks off. It'll be great fun. Now, main course, the showpiece. To be honest, I've got no against these, your film, and I don't think you've got anything against mine, but we've just both decided that I think the, there's a different Arnie film that we both agree is a showstopper. So what have you got as yours? Uh, mine is the absolute classic that is Total Recall. Um, uh, you know, it's 
it encompasses everything uh, for 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 Arnie for me. Um, you know, also you've got a cast that is just unbelievable. You have Ironside, <clears throat> you have Sharon Stone. There are you know, it's it, it is a massive undertaking. You know, not only that, but you've got that kind of late eighties, early nineties touch of of Paul Verhoeven. You know, coming off uh, uh, RoboCop. You know, all the, the kind of political, kind of funny kind of things that he likes to throw in his movies of, you know, corporate yeah. America and things like that. You know, for me, for me, it was one of those movies that, again, I think we spoke about it when in the Hudson Hawk episode, um, getting Sky in the UK at around 91, 92. You know, Total Recall probably came on the TV about 93, 94 for yeah, me. A few years, wasn't it? Yeah, so so watch watching that when you you're a young kid and you've got a fucking serious Arnie boner, you know, watching Total Recall, you know, amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. That film for me, one key scene in that is you always you always take one scene. Lady with the three tits. Lady with the three tits. <laughs> Apart from the sexual awakening of the one. Oh no, it's the woman with the three tits. We all know it's, but it's not. But we can, <laughs> let's put a special <laughs> special note to that. <laughs> in terms of Arnie action, when you're a kid, the shootout on the escalators, where he's just oh, got yeah. a human shield. And the scribs are going off, and it's violent. And then he just throws the body around. He doesn't give a damn. And it is just raw action. It is bullets going off. It is squibs going off. It's practical. It's it's just all there right in front of you. It's fun. Yeah, that for me is what. All Arnie movies have one great thing, and that is they have zero. You know, precious anything for people's lives. There's nothing. They just don't care what they do. It's literally shoot the fuck out of everything just to get the bad guy. And if anyone gets in the way, tough tits. Yeah, it happened at the end of of Running Man. You know, they were just, they walked into the studio. It's like, holy shit, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) There's like like a women's institute meeting on the front row and all come out to see the running man being filmed. And there's just some bullets. And he's got a gun. (laughs) Do you know what I loved about this? I I looked through some of his other films and, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, is this the first time he's played just like an everyday bloke? Not a cop or a super spy or a soul, you know, a soldier or whatever. He, well, he, was, he, start, yeah. he starts off as just an everyday bloke and his gradual acceptance of who he is or remembering who he is or possibly, you can see him developing into this kick-ass it, guy. But yeah. at the beginning, he's it's just this wide-eyed, this wide-eyed guy looking for a bit of good time. And I love that innocence. And it was the first time I'd seen that in him so early. But there's a reason for that, and that's because Total Recall is a dream. I agree. I'm glad I don't. I'm glad I don't have to argue with you on this one. I was going to ask you this. You don't have to at all. Yeah, you don't (laughs) have to at all. Like Total Total Recall is everything, and I think I read uh, an an article from Verhoeven because I I was sitting, I kept watching it, and like I've literally seen uh, Total Recall probably about a million times. And Verhoeven, even himself, has said that it, it, it was a dream. You know, ev- everything in it was a dream. You know, to quote, to quote the great man, be aware that if everything that happens in the movie from now on is going to be a dream, if there's no reality to anything, realize that the dream really starts at the moment that he falls asleep. 
So the next scene, which seems to be uh, a fuck up of the machine, is part of the dream. So this is yeah. the last moment of reality. Goes into the, the unconscious and basically from now on, boom, the dream starts. That's the trick that the, the company, that they make the dream that's so convincing that it seamlessly goes uh, from the first reality to the second one. Uh, that's from uh, Wired in 2004. Um, the, moment, the moment I thought that, that I was going to bring up, I thought, yeah, the moment where, because you look on the screen... And one of the characters that they're going to be uploading is the woman that he has um, a love interest with. I can't remember the, the character's name, but it was the woman that he ends up on Mars with at the end. And they nearly ended up... Uh, yeah, yeah, anyway. But she, her face comes up on the screen just as it starts glitching. <laughs> Let me guess, Paul. Was she a foreign lady? <laughs> I believe she was of Latino descent. Racist! <laughs> All right, Farage. We've just lost the Australian guy. He's an Aborigine. (laughs) Racist. We've just lost 10% of our listeners. But what... um, Yeah, her face shows up on the computer screen. And then it starts glitching. And then he suddenly goes... And... um, that I thought, at that moment... Everything in the conversation in the office... That he says to him, do you want to be secret agent? Do you want to kill these? Do you want to have this love interest? Do you want to go to Mars? Do you want to see the sunrise? It all comes true. It's the game. It's the memory. But there's just there's just so much in this music, music, or movie visually for me. You know, it, it, oh, it, yeah. everything everything's like a set piece. And I think that's what's so brilliant about uh, Paul Verhoeven. You know, you, you don't remember the movie specifically for story. You don't remember the movie specifically for um, for actors. You remember the movie for set pieces. And they don't have to be massive set pieces, you know, no. from the three-titted lady to the the young kid with the one eye with the skin flapped over the eye, you know, yep. when he's going through the x-ray machine, the girl, the old lady with the big head, and it's the bomb, you yeah, know. The, the, the head hook, you know. Yep. Yeah, putting the shit up his nose and pulling out the, you know, the, the detector. You know, you just you remember these movies. You remember Verhoeven movies, you know, specifically for these these wee bits of gore, um, you know, or shock kind of stuff. And I think that's what Verhoeven did really, really well. I was going to ask you about Verhoeven because I went and looked at the other stuff he's done. Now, I love Starship Troopers. It is schlocky and it is, you know, tacky, but... But it's but I, it's meant to be. And that's that's what you have to understand. It's meant to be like that and it's fantastic yes, like that. It is meant to be. And that is why it's great. Because mm-hmm. it's meant to be. And I looked through all the other films that he'd done. And you know what? You had this period from um, Robocop to, I don't know if you can say Hollow Man, but Starship Troopers in 97. So it oh, did about four films. Man. Hollow Man, yeah. I wouldn't say it was a classic, but outside hmm. of those four films that it did, uh, Robocop, uh, Total Recall, Starship Troopers, and, oh, Christ, I've forgotten it, but there's another one. But outside of the films that it did Basic then. Instinct. That was it. All massive successes, all, like you say, based, and they're not going to win any prizes. Basic Instinct is, you know, piece of shit. But, as Bill Hicks would say. But, but this, is the, movie, this is the movie where, this is the movie where Verhoeven, uh, decided to choose Sharon Stone for, for Basic Instinct. Yeah. Because, because him and Arnie were so impressed with, with Sharon Stone in the movie. 
and she was she was great for us for a part like that. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna mention the dirty word then. Have you seen the reboot? Do you know what I I left total to what total recall to watch until Friday night and yeah. because I'd watched it about about two months ago and I went in the usual went Netflix total recall and yeah. up popped. Colin Farrell, the lovely Irishman's head. Yep. Um, and I didn't watch it. So you haven't no. seen it? Well, seen the it? first thing that, the first thing that put me off was it's a 12. And I thought, yeah. no, no. But it, it, it just, it just seemed that it was just going to be one of the, obviously I've read the reviews and shit I got there, yeah. like, but yeah. it, it, reviews don't put me off movies, but <sighs> again, I, why, why remake something that's already good? Yes. And I, until I watched Total Recall for the first time in many years, actually, the other day, I can remember the reboot. And to compare the two films, like, we discussed on the, the, the Point Break episode, do you need to do a reboot? And to take Total Recall, the original, and to bastardise it, to take the violence out, take the swearing out, the story is basically the same. Um, yeah, it's just it, to me, it doesn't tarnish the original, but there's absolutely you get absolutely nothing new from watching the reboot. Total Recall is a classic, and it needs to stay that way. But yeah, fantastic. Yep. Terminator fantastic. Two, Terminator Two. That's what I'm serving up for you. I, I was in two minds about this um, because you could be my mind. Sorry, I thought I would uh, re-sign track there. Thank you. I, uh, it's an Arnie movie, but I won't say it's exclusively his movie. Uh, not like mm. I think there's a lot more going on in it. He is part but of it's the because, cast. It's because it's because him and Cameron work so well together. Do you know what yes. I mean? It's because it's, yeah. you know they're hit. It's a hit. It's a hit making factory when him and Cameron get together. Across. You know and. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Cameron, it, it, as we've seen in later, you know, when other people are doing um, Terminator movies, you know, they don't obviously work as well as what no. as what that, that, that partnership did. Terminator 2 is probably, <clears throat> um, yeah, I'll say it, it's probably the best sequel ever. I'll go as far as to say mm. it's in terms of improving on the first, developing the story, giving you more of what you've got. Uh, you say that, but have you have you seen Spy Kids too? <laughs> I've seen Spy Kids four in time. That's some shit. It's not the uh, question I asked you. Did you see Spy Kids too? No, I didn't see Spy Kids. Too. Well, you can't fucking say that then, can you? In my opinion, and my opinion is oh, your opinion, your opinion means everything to me. <laughs> <laughs> that has not been at all. <laughs> Wait, this this was my. I had two videos. That I always went to when I was off sick from school. Batman, Tim Burton Batman, mm-hmm. and Terminator 2. And this is just, again, I've, I've grown up watching this film from, yep. you know, I was eight, nine when it first came out. So I would have been about ten when I, no, I would have been about nine when I first watched it. Absolutely incredible. Um, uh, you know what? There's been plenty said on this film before, but what I would put it up there. As one of the better Arnie performances in his films, is is that because he's playing a robot? <laughs> I don't know. It sounds bad, but is it, is it because he is monotone? No, listen, 
I'm going to take you right back to, to 1992, 93. All right. Little, little fat Cormac is sitting at the house and Ronan, his brother, is down at Mulletmore video. And mum's there as well, obviously, because Ronan was a year old. paid by Mulletmore video because that's the second time I mentioned it. <laughs> Long gone. Back long gone. Long gone. Imagine if Mullymore video was still <laughs> hanging in there. The last VHS shopping. <laughs> the so Brian, Brian, the guy obviously who who gave us big trouble in Little China. Yeah. Um, it was the day the Terminator Two came out, right? Yeah. He sold a copy to my mum and Ronan just so we could have that copy. He sold the copy for, I think it was a tenner at the time. And, like, my mum and dad had no no money. Not two fucking pennies to rub together. So it must have taken a shitload of begging from Ronan to get my mother to pay for that movie. And Ronan, Ronan walked through the door as if he was Christ holding the chalice. And it, <laughs> I was like, what, well, what is this? And it's like, Terminator 2. Terminator And, and... I went, that was a Saturday night. I went to school that Monday and no one fucking believed me that I watched her too. You go walking in. Connor Hackett. I remember him. He laughed at me when I told him. I told him. Fuck Fuck you, Connor Hackett. Hackett. I think he's a scientist or something now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, what what has he done with his life? But fuck you for making me feel like shit. I did lie a lot when I was a kid. I lied. I lied saying that I won a trip to WrestleMania um, because WrestleMania always happened. They were happening around my birthday. And yeah. then there was a, a, it was on Sky. They were in, oh, win, trip to WrestleMania, blah, 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 blah. The the day the WrestleMania happened was like a Sunday night going into Monday. I told the guys that I sold the tickets. <laughs> yeah, I sold it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, didn't, sold didn't it go. yeah, didn't, didn't want to go. Sorry for that what, tangent. <laughs> what did you get for it? Fiverr. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw them for free, like, because I'm cool that way. Yeah. I just give them away, didn't want them, eh? Didn't want them. <laughs> so, yeah, this for me is, it's an absolute classic. Now, I actually went to see this um, about a year ago at uh, Cineworld to do the 4DX cinema. Have you seen them? No. So, 3D, normal screen, 3D glasses. You then sit in a chair that you have to step up into, and all the chairs are attached together on each row. And as the camera moves on screen, the chairs will move with the camera if there's bangs and... Yeah, hang on. There's bangs and crashes. Go on, it'll what rumble was the, the chairs. What was, what, was the, what was the name of that guy in the 50s? Was it Castle, the horror guy? And he used to, oh. like... Uh, he, used to, he used to do the same thing. And he used to, like, fucking, you know, squeaky doors and stuff. Whenever like there was a door squeaking on the screen, he would be squeaking the door right. like from yeah, the it's, side, it's, it's, and then he would run out. Century, it's a twenty-first century version of squeaky doors and castle horrors. So <laughs> all your chairs will move with all, all the rumbling. There's smoke machines. There's um, water vapor that comes from the ceiling when it's raining. There's jets of water in front of you that spray into your face for thing, you know water. Um, <laughs> and, and then there's Jets of air that fire at you from behind your head and in front of you. So when gunshots are whistling past the camera, it's like you can feel the gunshot going past you. And I have never been more pissed off watching a film. Well, <laughs> since... Okay, 
Transformers: The Last Night. That's that holds its own special category. But you actually went to see that in the in the cinema. Oh, you've got that cinema pass, haven't you? Uh-huh. I, I I had it. But that that film, Transformers: Last Night, that is one of the only films that has ever given me a legitimate migraine. I went into that film fine. I was fine, happy, ready to go to the cinema. And by the time I came out, we had to park up for twenty minutes because I couldn't drive because my migraine was that bad. You try going to see Saw 2 Stoned. Go on, what? You try going to see Saw 2 Stoned. Jesus. No, I don't... No. Can I I recommend a movie for you? Can I recommend a movie for you? So, obviously, your your Cineworld experience was bad, you know, with all that stuff. But you ever seen... Have you ever seen Matinee with John Goodman? No. Definitely, definitely look it up. It's 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 based on your man. I can't remember his first name. I think it's William. I don't know. It's based on your guy William Castle, the guy that had all those theaters right. that did it around the fifties. It's kind of based around the okay. um, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Joe Dante directed it, um, but it's very very good. It's it's a very it's a comedy. It's but it's a very good movie. Matinee, John Goodman. I love John Goodman. Quick tangent. Favorite John Goodman film? Raising Arizona. Ah, okay. I thought you were say King Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> King Ralph was actually on the other day. I was gonna text. I was gonna text you, and I was like, "Oh, Paul, fucking love them watching this." And then I didn't watch it, and I was like, "Oh, I can't uh, text them now." <laughs> oh, Paul, do you know what film you love? I was nearly ended up watching it earlier. Anyway, Tara, back to, your, back to your loneliness. <laughs> back, back to Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look, it's it, it's an absolute classic. When you think of Arnie, you think leather jacket, you think uh, the motorbike, the shotgun, the glasses. This made an image for him, I think. Up until then, Eddie it was Eddie, Eddie Furlong, amazing. Yeah, until bad times, but it was great in that film. Uh, Linda Hamilton, um, probably up there. I mean, James Cameron has this knack for being able to work with female action stars or tries to introduce them at least and again to have her come back in the second one and be more of an action sort of heroine again it makes an, it makes a change it builds on the story of the first one it doesn't just do another case of here's a, here's See, I, would, I would disagree no i would disagree there i would disagree i think i think terminator the first terminator and t2 are very much alike i think beat for beat Beat for beat, as in story-wise, in the arc-wise of the story, they're they're like. But I'm not saying that's a detriment. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. You know, you look at Evil Dead. Evil Dead did the same thing. You know, Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. You know, Evil Dead 2 improved on Evil Dead 1. See, I read Bruce very, Campbell's book. It's very much the same thing. I read Bruce Campbell's book. Uh, is it If Chins Could Kill? Or Chins Could Kill, yeah, yeah. And he pretty much said that Evil Dead was Evil Dead Two was just a remake of the first one with a bit more comedy yeah, through it, because that's the film one that the one was make originally. No, I'm I'm not saying. I, I mean, in terms of a sequel, you when you when you go to see a sequel, especially to a great film like Terminator, it has to improve it. We've said that all along. You have to improve it. So now you've got two Terminators. Okay, they didn't make it five or ten. Brilliant. To keep it simple. You've if default excuse me, evolved the character of Sarah Connor. You've got more into the war and Cyberdyne system, Skynet, Judgment Day. You've got the father-son relationship, which was teased. I just love it for what it is. Uh, I'm not ashamed to say I have shed a tear on that final scene in the (laughs) Molten Steel. I have shed a tear to that scene once in my life. I was drunk at the time, very drunk, but I still cried. What is your favourite scene 
No, it doesn't have to just be like a, a snapshot scene, but what is your favourite sequence in the movie? Uh, the Galleria from the moment... And I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick this one up in a minute, um, for True Lies as well, with James Cameron in particular. From the moment, um, both of the Terminators come face to face mm-hmm. to that tire burning, rolling out of the crashed truck. And I'm gonna, I'll bring it up in a minute, but that for me, that entire sequence, and there's other, don't get me wrong, there's many, many other great sequences in there. But in terms of, again, practical action with some top-notch CGI, you didn't know unless you'd seen the trailer which way it were going to go. You thought Robert Patrick were going to be protecting Edward Furlong. And uh, for continuous sequences, one after the other, into this fantastic um, car chase, motorbike chase. Have you seen the 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 behind-the-scenes shots of the, the stunt rider doing the Arnold Schwarzenegger jump on the bike? Yeah, I just yeah, I love yeah. the little thoughts like that. Just some guy, and you just think you might be this big, strong, tough guy, but you're not Arnie. And I just I'd love seeing. It. And he's <laughs> well, for <laughs> for me, the best sequence in that movie for me is the hospital sequence where Linda Hamilton breaks out. Yeah, from from when she has the hairpin, you know, yeah. she goes through the hall. The sound the side of the feet and the, and everything in it and then you know it, it all evolves back to in the in the elevator you know I, with I don't want to get thousand. I don't want to get political but even Sarah Connor knew back then you shouldn't be injecting bleach well yeah <laughs> well, but yeah well, well, and yeah references <laughs> stick it to the man <laughs> stick yeah. it to the man <laughs> fuck you system but you know um, but do you know what you know what the most the, the most iconic thing about that whole sequence for me is what I've, go on I've, the coffee. Ah, yes. We drop and they're playing the cards when they're when they're when they're playing the cards with the coffee. Yeah, yeah. See, the, the bit for me is where he, the bit for me is is where he goes through the bars. Oh, uh, and that's not the key stop him or or the nightstick stops him. It, yeah, this is nightstick. Sorry, uh, and that for me is like straight away the reaction of the psychiatrist's name Silverman. I can't remember the actor's name, but Dr. Silverman is there and the cigarette drops out of his mouth. And you're like the audience, you think, okay, even Gates can't stop this one. You know, you, you, it's taking it to another level. And when Arnie first goes, you know, come with me if you want to live. Nah, fantastic. It's, um, for me, it's a great Arnie film. It's just on the borderline. I've got to say, though, I, I love both of these films. I'm glad yeah. you've reintroduced me to Total Recall. Because to be honest, that, you know, an hour and a half of that film, I haven't really properly experienced much in the last 10, 15 years. So to watch it through mm. again has been an absolute pleasure. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Flynn, <laughs> this is amazing. And designing the ice cream to accumulate into scoops, I, I don't know how you're going to top this. Maybe with hot fudge? <laughs> Our dessert is I've always said that a dessert, if you're going to serve up a dessert of a, of a genre or a theme, then it needs to be something that you indulge on, that you you love. Others might not love it, but you love it. That is your sweet treat. It is what satisfies you. It is your go-to indulgence. And 
I think, again, me and you have just agreed on this one, so we're not even going to both put one. We're going to put it forward. And it is True Lies. 1994, 100%. James Cameron directed. 100%. Watched it again today. This is a fantastic movie. It is just all around solid. Action, action, action. That's that's all you get from True Lies. And can I also make a, like a special mention? We mentioned it at the start. Yep. If we'd have both thought about it probably a little bit more, a wee bit in depth, this would have been the last action hero because that movie is so underrated and people pan it so much. I, yeah. I don't understand it. I don't last, understand I, it. I watched Last Action Hero this week and it is, it's for me, it's there's more action in True Lies. It's got more action yeah. in comedy, but it balances the comedy really well. Um, Last Action Hero, a lot more comedy. It's a lot more yeah. offbeat. It, yeah, and I can see why it might not have done so well with, you know, people going to see an Arnie film and you get. But anyway, it is a great film. Please go and watch it. Go and find Last Action I Hero. Bought, I bought. I got my mother to buy me the toys for Christmas. That's how much I fucking love the Last Action Hero. It's absolutely brilliant. And you know what? I, I, I couldn't have dis- I want to put that in ahead of True Lies, though. I'll be honest. I probably would have sacrificed. Oh, yeah. Oh, shut up. I'm serious. No. No way. Not a not a hope. Maybe we could have done not Last man. Action Hero for the fish one and got rid of Hercules. Anyway, hindsight, is a, hindsight <laughs> is a sexual. Hindsight is a, is a disgusting. Yeah, don't even try to finish it. Don't even try to finish it. But yes, True Lies. Uh, just action from start to finish for me. Um, it had everything, you know. It had, uh, you know, the comedy foil of Tom Arnold. I know Tom Arnold isn't, you know, the taste for everybody. I actually quite like Tom Arnold. I think he's a good comedy just, kind of foil. You know, it's great. And it, uh, it, it it kind of grated on me at one point because he was always playing this um, loser that had seven ex-wives and he was a boy, you know, <laughs> paying all his alimony. And it just seemed like in everything he did, he was always that character. But in this, he just nails it. It just yeah. absolutely nails it. 100%. You know, it, uh, an, another thing, you got to think of the tropes of like the early 90s because something that actually shocked me was this movie was 94. I, I For yeah. some reason, I thought it was a lot later. You know, I had I had the, the, the privilege of obviously watching this with my 10-year-old son. And <laughs> um, and it got to the point near the end, you know, and he was actually on the edge of his seat. And he was he was so nervous for the actors. Right. And it was kind of, yeah, and it was I was kind of looking at him going, Jesus, this is 94. And, th- and this is a 10-year-old kid who has... You know, who's seen the greatest of special effects, and this movie has absolutely gripped them. You know, I would for say, me, yeah. there couldn't have been a bigger no, honor. 93, oh no, 93, 94 is probably where special effects started coming into being more realistic, but James Cameron has always done practical effects where he can. And I know there's yeah. quite a lot of CGI and stuff, so, but whether it's blowing up a building or crashing a car or, um, even this uh, limousine chase along the Florida Keys, he shut down miles uh, miles. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, and, that is, amazing. and that is because you are filming everything as it is, right in front of you, seeing it happen. And that is more speed as well. And I know they used a lot of tricks in speed, but actually not using a CGI bus and having the real bus doing the jumps and everything, it makes all the difference. And it's just that sweet spot of around 94, 95 when... 
CGI didn't become too overused. But do you know what what thing that I think makes True Lies as well? Obviously, with all the action, uh, with the absolutely perfect action sequences, you know, yep. every time you read anything about True Lies, it a lot of shit happened in the film of it. People got injured, a lot of food poisoning, you know, a lot of of lives were kind of put on hold. But every person who was in that movie absolutely fucking loved being in that movie. But they did. And Arnie said it, it, it was the be- his best his best film experience. Jamie Lee Curtis said it was her best film experience. Um, Tom Arnold, it was his best film experience. Tia Carrera, it was her best film experience. James Cameron said it was his best film that he ever made. You know, everybody everybody just loved being in the movie. Everybody just loved making the movie. And it shows. And it's a film that never takes itself too seriously. It really mm-hmm. doesn't. It is, I've, I've wrote here, is this the Best Buy film that doesn't have James Bond in it? Yeah. And it is, it, it's a fantastic spy film. It never, like when, I said, never takes itself when, too seriously. When are we going to talk about Jamie Lee Curtis? Well, I was going to ask you this, actually. Did you, did you watch it all with uh, your son? No. Okay. So the hotel room scene. <laughs> so... I think that they did an absolutely amazing makeup job for an hour of this movie. Because not just, it wasn't a Clark Kent, you know, it, it wasn't a put on the glasses and, and ruffle the hair kind of situation. Like, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis physically looked a bit down throughout the whole movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and you know it looked like her nose was a bit longer it looked like her face was a bit droopier it looked like she was you know I'm going to say it it looks like she was jaundice the whole you know in, in, in the early of the movie she was the tired run down housewife no 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 then no. comes that scene no then comes that scene yes and Cormac's sexual awakening in in 1993, there was, oh, what? Now, it does it does ask another question though. So Arnie has been married to Jim Lee Curtis for 15 years, right? Yeah. So when was the last time they fucked? Because if Jim Lee Curtis had that body, you know, when 15 <laughs> years into the marriage, but he's not saving the planet. He's oh, come on. Why the fuck does he not realise that that's lying in bed next to him? Like, what? This is too tired. No. I'm sorry. Geneva. Jamie Lee Jamie. Curtis. Jamie Lee that's... Curtis is the one of the most amazing ladies that has ever walked the earth, along with Helen Mirren. And that is why you're looking at Arnie, Harry Tasker, in this saying, why aren't you with your woman? And that's how she ends up. In the and hotel room, for, which for a spy is, for us for a spy as well, he cannot keep his emotions in check. You know, oh, I, must, yeah. <laughs> I must admit, when he thinks that she's having an affair with the used car salesman, Bill Paxton on A grade form. A game. A game. Bill Paxton, you know, dial it up to eleven, pull the cord and let him loose on set. 
He was an absolute force, and he's sadly lost. She could suck, start a leaf blower. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then there's the line, which I am very confused about. An ass like a ten-year-old boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I just always remember, they've got him up on the top of the dam. And he said, this I'm not a spy. I've got a little dick. It's pathetic. <laughs> when a spy pisses himself. <laughs> and the buff just looked down at his dick like, it is, it is short. <laughs> but no, it, it, but that's what I mean. He doesn't take himself too seriously. Getting her involved in it. The, the, um, even the scene where she's held captive and, um, he's telling them how he's, the interrogators are gonna, is going to kill one and snap the other's neck and stuff. And it's still all played with this. It's not exactly light-hearted, but it's not a serious action film. It's not a... Um, it's not too much. It's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Well, what, um, was, what was the one takeaway from this movie for you? Uh, what, I, what I remember from it. What's the what, one... I have a very specific thing that I remember... And it's not Jamie Lee Curtis, all right? No. I'm just going to say that right now. It's not I've, Jamie Lee Curtis. I've, I'd, I'd, I've got two. Well, no, I'll okay. tell One, um, when I say takeaway, the thing that I always remember from it is the horse in the elevator and the horse on the roof. Okay. But, but the one thing I always remember is one of the cast of this um, was in a long-running BBC TV drama. And when you are... 12, 13 years old and the kindly doctor from Casualty turns up as the nuke launching Arabian terrorist. He kind of throws you off that. Yeah. 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 And every time I watch it, I'm like, that's that bloke from Casualty. That's that bloke. He's still in it, isn't he? He's still in it, draining the NHS. But he's, um, yeah, is that what you mean? Is that what you, is that not not happen for him? Uh, no, well, it's anything, anything in it. I mean, like I, I kind of, I kind of watch these movies sometimes, and one thing sticks out for me, and one thing kind of sits in my head. The amount of times that the nuke got shot at. Yeah. Right. So I did some digging. I know you're. I know you'd be interested in this. Okay. Yeah. yeah go ahead. So this, I was trying to wonder. Right. If somebody shoots a nuke, surely it'll. Go off, you know, shouldn't you fucking just blow I it up? Thought, you know, yeah. Yeah. So I did some digging. Was it, um, this, sorry, was it, um, the other great 90s action film, uh, Broken Arrow? Where kind they, of, uh, yeah. I went to see that so in the Christian, cinema as well. Yeah. So Christian Slater's driving away with, um, that girl from Super, Super Mario Brothers. Can't remember what her name is. Samantha. Anyway, oh, she was, yeah. it's her, them two in the Humvee driving the nuke and they're trying to get away with from uh, John Travolta. And uh, they're shooting <laughs> away and he's like, could you please not fire the guns at the nuclear weapon? And I always heard <laughs> after that, that if the nuke wasn't armed, then it couldn't go off. But I think you're about to tell me something different. Well, right. So here is here is one from a nuclear website that I looked up earlier on, okay? <laughs> so, nuclear website. Nuclear, uh, yes. <laughs> Definitely getting inspected, uh, getting inspected by the NSA or MI5 or something for the shit He's that I was looking up earlier on. So this week you've been going on jihadist <laughs> slash casualty 
obviously and Jamie like Curtis topless. And ass like a 10-year-old <laughs> like boy. <laughs> and can you blow up a nuke by firing a gun at it? Come on, Carl, tell us. Nuclear bombs work by moving, compressing much more than critical mass of radioactive material together. The tricky part is a small reaction will blow the material apart when you just barely have a critical mass. This prevents you from putting enough uh, of it together for a bomb-sized explosion unless you put it all together at exactly the same time very quickly. So they won't go nuclear accidentally. The precise system, much uh, of which does involve explosives, is much more complex than pressure or heat starting a nuclear reaction. They usually won't go nuclear uh, if damaged because of precision involved. And they are not meant to detonate on ground impact. Instead, they are timed to go off in the air above the target. So a better question is... Why, how would they detonate just because a plane crashed? Now, then that dropped me down another rabbit hole. Do you know that there was a plane that crashed in Greenland in 1968 and they, there was four nuclear bombs on the plane? No, I missed that email. Okay, 1968? I take it they're not still there. I don't believe so, no. I think if somebody would have come to pick them up. Did you know there's a, an island somewhere between, I think it's Greenland, just off from Greenland, and it's disputed territory between uh, Danish that's troops that's and Canadians. That's Ireland, that's Ireland, that's Ireland. It's uh, an island just off Greenland, and it's Danish troops and I think it's Canadian troops. And every time they do stuff in the, the local area, they'll go and change the flag back to their own flag. And it's just a patch of land. Greenland Greenland is a part of Denmark, is it not? But it's another island off from it, which is apparently disputed. But every couple of years, the Danes will take a boat over and put the Danish flag on and leave some uh, beer or whatever. (laughs) And then a couple of years later, Canadians will come back over and take their flag off, put theirs back in and go sailing home again. Um, (laughs) James Cameron, going back onto True Lies, like the... uh, the thing I'm going to, thank you. The thing I'm going to say about James Cameron, the action sequences, and I've noticed this with a lot of his from watching quite a few this week. He is excellent at taking a scene from. Let's look at Terminator Two from the Galleria. So you've got a scene which starts with two stories coming together in a back corridor of a, um, a shopping mall, and it ends up under a, in a flood defence with a huge explosion and a crashed semi-truck and a motorbike. And to take... So you've got the the back corridor fight, you've got the fight in the shopping mall, the car park, the car chase, the flood... And it's like that. True lies. It goes from the the fight in the... where the nuke is to the... um, The bridge sequence. The bridge sequence in the Florida Keys and then all the way into the the action sequence in the centre of town. And it is absolutely fluid, and it it just flows. And James Cameron is absolutely brilliant at that. It take you could take sort of three action scenes. What realistically you could put them as an individual action scene, and it well, you know, merges to bring it to 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 bring it back to the start. You know, yeah. why isn't James Cameron making practical effects movies again? You know, instead of hiding behind fucking geometric cameras and you know flying flying sailing under the fucking ocean to find to the Titanic, you know why? Why isn't he? Why isn't he making practical effects action movies? 
I don't know. I, I, I got really, not annoyed, but I was looking through his list of movies today. And there was, what, The Abyss, Terminator 2, True Lies, Titanic. And then he didn't make another film until Avatar. And the rest of the documentaries, digging up Titanic. Yeah, the, the, the Bob Ballard stuff, yeah. And it's, if that's what you want to do. Now, the fact is, if you've made billions of pounds, billions of dollars, for not only your studio, but yourself, go away and do whatever you want. And he did. He went away and came back a decade later and made Avatar. And now he's gone again. And for somebody as good as James Cameron, who, like, say, during the, the, the 80s, like, say, he did Abyss, Terminator 2, the, uh, True Lies, he hasn't made enough films. No, in not Practical all. effects. Yeah. With, yeah. with or without practical effects. He hasn't made enough films. And oh, there was Aliens as well. Remember Aliens as Aliens, well. sorry. That was the other one, sorry. Aliens. Classic. Absolute classic. And he, he he hasn't done enough. Now, can you say to the person who has broken the worldwide box office gross for a film's release, can you say to that person, you're not doing enough? Well, sorry, but I've, dom- I've dominated for 20 years at the top of the worldwide box office. No, you How- can't. I- you can't, no, no, you can't. Oh, no, I agree. I think you should be doing. But that is an argument of, you know, Christopher Nolan made the Batman trilogy and then they said to him, look, we're going to give you a bunch of money to go make whatever you want. So he went and made Inception. He didn't get given a bunch of money to go and take a submarine down to the bottom of the sea and go sightseeing around the Titanic for 10 years. I just think if you've got somebody who's as skillful a director as that, I feel it's a waste. I yeah, it's more, it's, it's more annoyance. It's more of being annoyed at the fact that he hasn't actually, you know, made a movie like True Lies since yeah. True Lies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you know, and like, if you, if you think about it in, you know, really, really, really scary terms, True Lies was over 20 years ago, like. That is, scary. you know, close to 30, close to 30 years now. All right, all right, calm down. I know, it's horrible. It's horrible. Don't, don't, I know, it's horrible. Isn't it, like it 30 isn't, years ago? And it isn't on Blu-ray in the UK either. Get, I don't know who it is, Sony, 21st Century, well, it's 21st Century Fox and Disney on it now. Disney, fucking get it released on Blu-ray. Please. Okay. Check, please. And that is the end of our Arnold Schwarzenegger menu, The Running Man followed by Hercules in New York for the fish course, um, and then a main course, you can take your pick between Total Recall or Terminator 2 Judgment Day, and then you can finish it off with a beautiful dessert of True Lies. These are absolutely classic films. If you have any kind of nostalgia for when action films had um, blood, guts, swearing, sex, three tits and violence, then get on with these films, have a watch for them, and enjoy yourself. Um, have you got... Uh, did you say earlier that you had a bit of a quiz to do when we finished? I have a quiz. I have a quiz. I should really should have a theme tune. I'm going to record that for the quiz jingle. I have, I a have a quiz. I have a quiz. So, as we spoke about earlier on, the, the, the lack of respect for life in these movies is uh, is immense. So, what I got thinking was, how, how many actually people died in these movies? You know, obviously not behind the scenes, like, 
but you yeah. know, uh, yes. but how many people died? So what we're going to do is we're going to have a little higher or lower uh, prices, right? Higher or lower? Okay. 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 So we're going to start. Do I, do I win anything? With, uh, you win my love and my respect. Does it feel? Which mean it means everything, fucker. Right. So Hercules. We'll start at Hercules. Hercules is a zero. Okay. Did you not kill that so, bear? No, I didn't do the bear was unconscious. Hercules is a one. <laughs> Hercules is a one. So, running man, higher or lower? Oh, Christ. Is it total kills or Arnie kills? On screen kills. On screen deaths. Right. Higher or lower? Higher, I'm going to say 15. You don't. You don't need to say. You don't need to say. Well, just higher, higher. Yeah, just higher. Yeah. Hi, do you ever fucking know how higher, higher, lower was played? No. <laughs> All right, Brucey. Right. Fucking hell. Higher, higher, higher. Running man. Yes, you're right. It was forty-one. Forty-one oh, on screen deaths in the running okay. man. Okay. 41. Next up, Terminator Two. Higher, lower. I'm, I'm going to be the crowd. Higher, higher, lower, 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 higher, higher, lower, lower, higher. Higher. Uh, uh, that's bullshit. Terminator so, 2 had 23 on-screen deaths. Oh, sorry. Hang on. Do, do you not remember the bit? You know that, that scene when you said... I'm not take... the apocalypse because you don't... It was on screen. See ...that people dying I in saw it. them die. I saw death everywhere. What, what do you not understand about on-screen death? It was on screen. The fire was going through... I saw the Total death. recall. Uh, higher higher than, than 23. Higher or lower than 23. Higher. Ching! Higher. <laughs> How many? 77 on screen. Really? Okay, 77. Okay. Okay. True lies. Higher or lower than 77. Higher or lower. Higher or lower. Higher or lower. Lower. Oh, well done. Ching! 71. True lies has 71 on okay. screen deaths. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's, uh, a lot of the jihadis at the end <laughs> who looked like Mexicans, funnily enough. <laughs> it was an Arnie film. <laughs> do you remember do you remember that scene in Bowfinger where they, they parked the van up at the border and all the Mexicans jump in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what uh, James Cameron did uh, when he realised that there wasn't that many jihadi-looking people in Hollywood in 1993. We've got half the cast of Casualty and 14 Mexicans, that'll be enough. <laughs> so, we're going to be um, doing an episode on Wednesday. Um, we're going to try something different. We're obviously going to focus on a bit of movie news and new whatever Empire.com has got for us. But we're going to be taking a trip down the rabbit hole. This is one of your things. This is uh, down an internet rabbit hole. So, we're going to um, look at a particular director or whoever it may be. Um, and well, this is your thing in it, Con, but we're, we're going to go onto the internet and you look for that director and you can only go down the links that appear on the screen. Is that right? So you go on a website or you you're in you Google. Can, you can only go on. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I love falling down rabbit holes. I love falling down a rabbit hole at night when you realize that you, you've done something at 12 and now it's five o'clock in the morning and no. you know about every when- Nazi that ever did anything. Okay, let's be clear. When Cormac's saying, I love going down rabbit holes at night, 
we're talking about an internet rabbit hole. So this is a metaphorical rabbit hole. So no, not really. <laughs> I'm supposed to have park. <laughs> park. Yeah. I'll tell you a story about how I went ferreting in Banbury once. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go down the, the we're going to go down the the rabbit hole. We're going to learn what we can. We're going to try and find out some new fun facts, interesting facts, um, all stemming from one thing. So. Um, do you want how how do you do this? And do you want to give us a keyword, a, a, a particular person? Well, you, you said it. You said it. Uh, let's go down James Cameron's rabbit hole. We're gonna go on Wednesday. We will be going down James Cameron's hole live mm. on this podcast. We will expose mm. James Cameron's rabbit hole. So we we both start off with James Cameron, and we're just gonna see what kind of interesting bits we can dig. And just gonna have a crack about him and. Yeah. Crack it, crack an egg uh, knowledge all over our listeners. <laughs> and we're going to talk about our next menu as well. Yeah, well, should we, should we... Oh, you've chosen it. Right, okay. So this is actually news to me, everyone. <laughs> so we're going <laughs> to do a menu next... We're going to do a menu next Sunday night, and obviously four films or even eight films, depending on what shite is picked, um, it's going to be a long slog. So we're going to tell you now uh, what we're going to be doing next Sunday, we'll, and we'll keep that up to date. In fact, should we tell everyone on Wednesday what... No, let's tell everyone on Wednesday what we're going to be watching. Tell them on Wednesday. Okay. Okay, Okay, well, uh, that is our Arnold Schwarzenegger menu. It feels great to have uh, have him uh, across our table, so to speak. You got anything more? Uh, Nope. 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 Well, cheers, everyone. (laughs) Do I do it? I'll still have you stop. No. (laughs) I'll be back.